Imagine this. Mercedes-Benz is holding a conference in Germany. They specifically asked for you to be the host and moderator of a discussion between their CEO and the COO of Facebook. In fact, you're so in demand that companies are flying you out to speak and lead conferences and events all over the world. Not bad for a kid from the East Coast. So who are you and what changed the game for you? Let's find out. You're listening to Game Changers, the podcast series with Brittle Star. Today's guest, Amber Mack. So as you heard, the guest today on Game Changers is Amber Mack. Amber, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's weird speaking politely to you. Yes, uh, we usually uh, have uh, sarcastic exchanges on Twitter or text message. So this is very polite. (laughs) It is. And I sort of find that my relationship with you is very sibling-esque. It is. It does feel a little sibling-esque. And uh, sometimes I want to send you things that I don't because I don't want to hurt your feelings. (gasps) Really? Yeah, but funny things. Chris and I talk about you all the time. In like an insulting manner? Uh, no, no, actually in a flattering manner, just for people who don't know, Chris is my husband, but, uh, we just, uh, we believe in you, Brittle Star. (laughs) See, mom, see, (laughs) well, maybe I'll give you my mom's email address and you're going to send it to her instead. We're already friends on Twitter, so I think we're good. All right. That's fine. That's fine. So I've always been an admirer of yours, uh, and even from prior to us getting to know each other and watching your career and starting, you know, on App Central and, of course, from well before that. Um, and you you grew up on the East Coast. Is that right? Yeah, I'm from Prince Edward Island originally, and I went to school in Halifax. And in between then, I spent a few years in Ottawa as well. But my whole family is from Prince Edward Island. And when did you leave Prince Edward Island? Well, I left when I was in grade five, but uh-huh. uh, I went back a lot. And in fact, at one point, my parents moved us back there for a few months, and then we moved back to Ottawa. But uh, my family is uh, definitely uh, an island family. So I spend a lot of time there in the summers, and I have uh, many, many relatives there. So if, can you pinpoint one point at which you thought to yourself, okay, this is now is where it changed the game for me is this is like I've been trying to do something or maybe I didn't exactly know what I was doing but this event or person or whatever has suddenly kind of opened your eyes or made you realize the opportunity that was ahead of you Yeah, absolutely. I I think for me, it actually was Tony Robbins, who many people know, of course, as a business coach, or maybe you want to call him a motivational speaker, even though he doesn't love that term. But uh, he was really this uh, uh, figure in my life where I was working as a technology television reporter at City TV. And I got a call from one of his colleagues who had said that he was coming to town. Tony was interested in meeting with me and learning more about social media. And he came to Toronto. And the only time he had to meet was during a flight that he was taking on his private plane from Toronto to London, Ontario. And even though I was supposed to be at work that day, the uh, friend of Tony's asked me if I could join him on that flight and if we could have a meeting on that flight. Of course, I said yes. And I spent uh, the duration of the flight. It was just us. And we had a great chat. And for the better part of a year, I worked with him. I left my full-time job and started a business with my husband, Chris, as well as my brother, Jeff. Right. So, I, I mean, when you get that kind of opportunity, did, did you like, what are you thinking when you're getting that? When someone says, hey, come, come on this private plane 
with this guy who everybody knows his name and face. Uh, are you thinking, oh, this is my chance? Or are you just thinking, oh, this could be fun? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm one of those people, and I think this is true of most people I know who have succeeded in one way or another, who is always optimistic about meeting everyone. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have right. to be someone famous necessarily. I may sit on the plane and realize, oh, here's a, a great opportunity to connect with someone. Maybe they become a friend or a colleague or a partner to work with. But for me, it was really that moment where I recognized that it could be a big opportunity. And and while some people may have said, you know what, uh, that sounds extreme. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. That I'm supposed to be at work, right. even though I have a, a pretty dreadful fear of flying, particularly on small do you planes. Really? I do. Wow, I, I didn't know. know that. Yeah, I didn't fly for many, many years, and uh, and I really uh, am still not a great flyer. And the interesting thing is, as soon as I got on the plane with Tony Robbins, I said to him, uh, you know, we, we were chatting and. I was talking and I was trying to act really cool and and be focused on the plane. And then when we landed, I said, hey, Tony, I, I'm so sorry. I, I, I'm kind of a nervous flyer. And, and he right. looks at me and he goes, no. Sh <laughs> and, <laughs> and I hope that doesn't ruin your uh, no. uh, rating for uh, iTunes. But. The thing was, is that obviously he reads people for a living. So it was right. obvious that I was nervous. And right. uh, it was funny. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm just not used to flying on small planes. And that's another foot in your mouth because he has a Gulfstream jet. Right. Right. And it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, insulting his Gulfstream. Yeah, yeah. insulting his Gulfstream. And so th that was fine. And I, I, you know, I felt comfortable. And I thought, you know, if something happens, at least it's going to be a great story. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's good. And then I went and I met with him. And then I went to see him speak. And then his team says, well, Tony has to go on to another event. But don't worry, we're going to fly you home because I was organizing a surprise party for Chris. And I was like, okay, we got back to the airport in London, Ontario. And I was like, okay, where's the jet? Yeah. And uh, they're like, oh, Tony's taking the jet. Uh, but we were able to find um, this pilot who's going to fly no. you back. Yeah. So it's a four seater little plane. <laughs> and not, not quite a Gulf Stream. Not a Gulf Stream. Mm -hmm. And the the pilot who's flying is actually in training. And uh, <laughs> the the trainer was sitting on, on the other side and uh, they took me home and I had big <gasps> headphones on. I was terrified. It was very bouncy and turbulent yeah. and uh, it wasn't quite the same experience. So I seem to get myself into those situations quite often. <laughs> so, but when you were getting, I mean, when you, did you think to yourself, uh, did you have an idea of how you could use this opportunity there's to to change your game or did I, you think i don't know what's going to happen but maybe something's good something good's going to happen i am uh i think this is fair to say i think i'm a good salesperson okay and i feel as though i can go to a meeting with someone and i can figure out a way for us to work together right now at the same time i would say that if they're not interested i don't hold a grudge or yeah. waste much time much, much time on it but i will say that uh i i just knew i was gonna do everything i could to ensure that this was an opportunity for me to work with Tony. I thought it would just be a great experience, which it right. was. And um, I was just really committed to that. And uh, I think, uh, again, it was one of those days where it, it, this really shouldn't have worked. I mean, I shouldn't have left my job. I was a daily news reporter. Yeah. Uh, I was supposed to be at work. I, I was yeah. supposed to be organizing a surprise party. The chances of me getting back on time were pretty slim. Right. And, uh, you know, for all intensive reasons, I should have said, no, you know, the timing's just not going to work. But I'm one of those people, and I think you're like this too. It's like, you know what? I think this can work. <laughs> yeah. For me, like my story is uh, I met, uh, I got in contact with Stephen Duffy, and suddenly it, it, I was able to think of myself in terms beyond my basement. 
Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Because I was working with this guy who was like super successful already, and suddenly I could do. I was suddenly in that in that arena, and mm-hmm. it was a huge eye opening moment for me. So I think everybody kind of has those stories, you know. Yeah. For yeah, sure. I think you're right, and and I think we don't hear about those enough. It's because um, I think they can be inspiring for people who yeah. uh, who basically don't really know. You know, they're, they're, it's a kind of a mystery of how people got to where they are, right? Yeah, for sure. Like, they sort of just think, oh, it just kind of happened. It's like, well, kind of it kind of happened. But like there's 20 a lot years of, ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, well, there's a, there was a lot of legwork involved and a lot of created luck and engineered luck. And, yeah. you know, it's uh, it's just really, I think it's really good. It's the same reason I sort of, I used to live with the boys, like taking them to meet people and uh, go to concerts and stuff. And it's like, it's just nice to sort of realize that the people who are really successful you look up to uh, breathe the same air. They're the same people as you. Uh, and so you're the same opportunities can be available to you. You can find them. Yeah. And really, honestly, I feel like for most people, it comes back to hard work. This is, there's certainly a little bit of that sort of gut feeling that you have to go with. Um, did you did you sort of feel like it was going to be as a pivotal moment or did you just think, oh, this might be a cool opportunity? I don't know. I think I got the feeling that it was probably going to be a pivotal moment in the sense that uh, in the early days of social media, I think it's fair to say there weren't that many people who were really focused on talking about social media. I mean, I definitely got made fun of at the news station I worked at, even though I was a tech reporter. I wasn't allowed to sit with the real reporters. They put me with the web team. Really? Yeah, it was a different time then. You know, they would make fun of me like, oh, how are your little friends on Twitter? And uh, a few years later, they're like, can you train me on that Twitter thing? I'm like, yeah, no, no, I don't have time. Uh, (laughs) But uh, I think that it was one of those those periods where you recognize that people were starting to realize that there were big opportunities on social media. And I think with Tony Robbins, I thought, you know, he's not going to meet with me unless there's something he's thinking in terms of how we can work together. So was there anything specific that made you feel that way that made you feel it was going to be this important moment at all? Like during your chat or just just the opportunity was enough that it was going to be a game changer? Or was it more a case of uh, something that happened or discussion in that you thought, mm, and when you finished the day and you flying back in that tiny Cessna or whatever you flew back on, and as you were throwing up, you probably thought to yourself, <laughs> no, this, this has been good. This is a, this is a, things are going to change. I think I think it was really getting to the airport with him and getting on the plane with him, realizing there re- really weren't that many people on the plane with him. And uh, we sat together and we had a really great conversation. And, and I think we hit it off to the point where it was obvious that uh, from a personality standpoint, I think that we both got along well. And um, I kind of knew by the end of that, that we would be doing something together. I, I think right. Tony Robbins is one of those people, you know, when he decides he's going to do something and the, the intention is there, he does right. it. So Right. So I think that uh, we are both sort of in the same camp. And uh, even to this day, I'm still in touch with him and, and uh, friends with his son as well. So right. it has really been life changing for me. That's really interesting. I mean, I think that, um, uh, you know, I think people would be interested in finding out if you're aware of those moments, like what it is about those moments that makes you aware of them. Um because you get lot, you get presented lots of crazy opportunities. I think in your day to day life, just everybody does in general. Uh, someone says, "Let's do this," or you meet new people, or you end up doing something or being somewhere where you weren't necessarily intending on going to or doing in the first place at the start of the day. Um, is there any way to tell that those moments are going to be important? I honestly do not think there's necessarily any guarantee that those moments are going to be important. But I will say, and I will quote Brene Brown, who I'm a big fan of. She's a well-known speaker. And she has this quote that she shared in one of her earlier talks where she says, 
most people engineer their lives to stay small. And I think this is absolutely true of most people. 90% of people I know would have said no to that, not because they didn't want to do it, but they would have gone back and they would have said, hey, does Saturday work? Um, Maybe we can have a phone call because, oh, like, God forbid you have to rearrange your schedule and and think outside of the box to make this work. So I think people do really engineer their lives to stay small because it's safe. And I think to me, it's not that I knew that that opportunity was going to necessarily be a, a game changer, but I will say that I saw the potential there. And I think that's true of many meetings that I have. Whereas I'll have people even I work with who say, oh, that's a waste of time. Why are you meeting with them? And I'm like, you know what? Maybe 50% of these meetings are a waste of time, but the other 50% aren't. Right. So, I mean, that that sort of then leads to the next question. Can you, you know, people are engineering their lives to be small. Um, Are you engineering those events to be important moments, to be those game-changing moments? Are Are you able to look at a moment and go, I can turn this into something that's going to change things for me? I think so. I mean, I think that I'm one of those people who goes to meetings with plans in mind as far as, hey, this is what I think we could do do together. Mm -hmm. I'm not one to wait on someone else to necessarily take the first step. I think that I'll go to a meeting and I'll propose something or very shortly after I'll send an email and say, hey, I think this would work and I'll put everything in front of them. I make it difficult for people to say no and um, not in a pushy way, but in an East Coast way. And I think that uh, I think that's where um, I've been able to definitely have some really good opportunities. And uh, I'm not, again, I'm, I'm not uh, dissuaded by the nose. I'm not uh, put off when things don't work out. I, I right. think it's uh, one of those situations where I definitely, um, I work really hard. I work a lot. And at some point, something's going to click. Yeah. So are you, do you think that people would be you know, not to, I was almost tired of saying the term game changes now, which really I shouldn't be tired because it's the title of the whole thing. But, <laughs> uh, but I mean, do you think that people are presented with numerous game changing opportunities in their lives and they pass most of them up? I do. Mm-hmm. I really do. And and some people may say, oh, well, you're just lucky because, you know, you had this opportunity because you had this profile. I mean, really, honestly, like I grew up in the country on PEI. I went to a right. one-room schoolhouse. Mm-hmm. I was on a party line. We very rarely had good plumbing. Right. I, I know what a sponge bath is. Like, <laughs> it, it wasn't exactly luxurious. Like, nothing was yeah. handed to me. But Tony Robbins found out about me because I was podcasting. Right. And I was doing a podcast with Leo Laporte on yep. social media. Yep. And so... Yeah, I mean, I I put myself out there, so you have no choice but to find me, and that's not accidental. Right. So you're really you are kind of in the opposite of that uh, engineering your life to be small. You are engineering your life to be bigger. You're sort of like looking for opportunities, looking for those game changing moments, and trying to use them to your advantage. Absolutely. And Mm -hmm. I can't tell you also, I think when we talk about this whole topic, how often I haven't been the first choice for a job. Oh, really? This has happened to me at Tech TV. There was another woman when I was working at Tech TV, which at one point was a uh, 24-7 digital television channel that was Mm -hmm. all about technology. I wasn't the co-host of the show. In Mm -hmm. fact, I was a guest on the show, and um, I worked really hard. It turned out the co-host didn't want to really be there. And I I did want that job, uh, but I just kind of kept showing up as a guest, and eventually it just fell in place. She left, and I was just there at the right time. I I am working on a new project 
project right now where they approached me and uh, they wanted me to help uh, support the project. And right. I really wanted the job of co-host. I, you know, I thought this would be a great opportunity for me. It wasn't available at the time, and now it is. So I'm okay with being second choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it works out, doesn't it? Sometimes for it sure. does. Absolutely. So is is there are, are those game changing moments? Are they luck or are they made? I think they're made. I mean, mm. I think they're made in the sense that uh, I think that if you if you are able to engineer your life in a way where you are able to create your own opportunities, mm-hmm. I don't think it's about luck. You know, yeah. f- for me, I think, you know, even right now, I'm trying to position myself as an expert in the field of, of artificial intelligence, not right. from a uh, programmer, programmer or technical standpoint, but more from a reporter on this yeah. topic. Yeah. So I just start creating content and shows on that topic. Yeah. And I just create a presentation and I go out and do it, even though I'm still learning. And so the, it's not that I'm lucky to be able to seize these opportunities where I'm out speaking at these events, I think it's just that there are very few other people who are creating that content. I think there's a lot to be said for, uh, you know, making things happen by just doing stuff as opposed to just talking about it or, or thinking about it to actually start doing something. There's a huge advantage that gets created out of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you probably don't want to talk about yourself. You're like the Ellen of the uh, uh, comedy world. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I will say, though, I think you're like that, too. I mean, I think that you're one of those people who's constantly reinventing yourself. You're coming up with new ideas. You're not sitting around waiting for someone to give you a a big show. I mean, you're creating your own content and you're there and you're well positioned. Yeah, I think, you know, I I think I would probably say that uh, I sort of feel like luck or timing or something played a part of it. But I, I sort of believe that you kind of create your own luck. You create your own uh, opportunities and timing uh, by what you do and by actually putting yourself out there. I mean, sitting around and waiting for something to happen usually means nothing's going to happen. Um, So you're right. I think you have to go out and sort of just do things. Um, It's just really interesting to sort of see who, you know, because I think there are those, those points in people's lives and careers or whatever, where you are at the right place at the right time, or you happen to talk to the right person, and it might be luck, or it might be engineered luck, and then you're going to end up, it opens doors, or it opens your mind to doing lots of different things, and I think it's fascinating. Yeah, and and I think I would encourage people, again, uh, to not uh, play the the short-term game. I mean, you really have to think long-term with some of these things, right? I was podcasting for quite some time before Tony Robbins called me. I didn't know that that opportunity was going to come, but I figured something would. And I think that there are many instances in my life, as well as other people I know, where it's the same situation. I am going to quote another person who I love, uh, Margaret Thatcher, and I used to have this sticker on my computer when I first moved to Toronto, that uh, it was a quote from her that says, I'm extraordinarily patient, provided I get my way in the end. <laughs> and it scared off some guys. I was single and uh, they didn't like that. But um, I think from a work perspective, it's absolutely true. You know, I'm not going anywhere. And uh, I think I'm, I'm patient. I'm in it for the, the long run. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us. So tell people, what's the, what are you working on currently? What's the big thing we'd like, we should know about that Amber Mac is doing? Yeah, I think there there's probably just a, a couple of things. One is I do a newsletter every Tuesday that gets sent out, no strings attached. I'm not selling you anything. Just want to help people get educated about technology, social media, artificial intelligence. And that's at ambermack.com slash newsletter. And this fall, I'm launching a new podcast series. Mm. And uh, it's uh, season two of a pre-existing series. And uh, I'll be stepping in as co-host. So it's going to be tons of that's fun. That's exciting. I was worried you're going to say you're starting a podcast called Game Changers. Yes, yeah, I am. <laughs> just and, uh, wipe me off the map. It's called version 2.0. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> it's like Game Changers, but better. <laughs> better, exactly. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. And uh, yeah, I'm a member of the uh, the newsletter. I get that newsletter and it comes to Dear Brittle, which I like. I, I signed up as Brittle Star. So that's good. It sounds perfect. You're it brittle. Does. I'll remember that. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll send you secret messages through the newsletter perfect. from now on. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. You've been listening to Game Changers, the podcast series with Bristle Star. 